Welcome to the Stay Healthy El Paso podcast, where we help El Pasoans get away from taking pain medications, avoid getting injections, avoid surgery, and keeping up an active lifestyle. This podcast is presented to you by Dr. David Middoff, expert physical therapist and owner of El Paso Manual Physical Therapy. It is our goal and intentions to provide you with valuable tips and insights from experts in the El Paso area so you too can stay healthy, fit, and energized. Now here's your host, Dr. David. Hey everyone, welcome to the Stay Healthy El Paso podcast. I'm your host, Dr. David Medoff. I'm a specialist physical therapist over at El Paso Manual Physical Therapy. And I've got a great episode for you today. I'm interviewing our resident physical therapist, Dr. Sam. And uh, I'm going to be talking about a spondylolisthesis problem, which is a lower back issue. It's a, a lower back problem that can cause pain. It can it pinch nerves. Um, it typically comes on with some sort of activity in, in childhood or younger years in life and um, can kind of follow people throughout as they, as they age. And so uh, Dr. Sam actually has this problem and um, I wanted to bring her on to the podcast here so you can hear it from the perspective of somebody who's got the issue and is managing it, has dealt with it over the years, so that in case you're listening to this and you have a lower back pain problem and it's related to a spondylolisthesis, you might get help. And especially hearing about this from the perspective of a physical therapist who's, who treats these kinds of problems, I, I thought that that would be particularly helpful for you if, you've, if you're looking for advice, tips, and to, to figure out what needs to happen for you next to solve this spondylolisthesis problem. Because oftentimes they go to surgery and it doesn't always help. And um, it, it, a lot of people don't know that it can be helped naturally if you do the right things. So um, that being said, welcome Dr. Sam for on the Stay Healthy El Paso podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you, appreciate you being open and uh, willing to share your story. Um, I think it's going to help tons of people out there that are listening. Yeah, of course. I hope it does. Well, tell us about it. So you started with this spondylolisthesis problem um, a while back. And uh, you, you know what? Before we go into maybe we should explain what it is, right? I forgot. <laughs> so if you're out there, usually a spondylolisthesis is diagnosed on an MRI or an X-ray. And literally, it's one of the spine bones passing forward on the bottom one, on the one above and below it. So it's shifting forward in the body. Um, so if you can feel, reach over to your, to your back and feel the bumps on your back of the bones, if, if you can feel them, uh, you might have too much muscle or other tissue. Um, but those bones, one of those might be sticking forward. And if it's tender around there and you have back pain related to that, it could be a spondylolisthesis problem. But if it's if you have an x-ray or an MRI done, if they do the, the side of you, like where you can see the, the like cut through the bones in the middle, um, so that like on, on one side, on the left side of the image is the back and on the right side is the, the, uh, the front of the body, you can see that one of those vertebrae is shifted forward on the bottom and, and they'll grade it. They'll, they'll, like the doctors will tell you, oh, it's a grade one, two, three, four. And based on the severity, they might recommend surgery. Mm -hmm. And if it does progress without some sort of intervention, whether it's non-surgical or surgical, it can lead to broken bones in the back, which is very, very dangerous. That is an immediate surgery for sure if you don't have paralyzing effects. So um, now that that's explained, so sorry to cut you off, let's hear your story, Dr. Sam. How did your spondylolisthesis problem come to be? 
So I played volleyball in high school. I'm pretty short, so I typically am not on the front row hitting, but during practice, we all went through the drills. And I had a tendency to arch my back quite a bit whenever I would go to hit the ball. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember having pain specifically during a drill like that, but I remember during practice getting hurt pretty badly, having to stop, having a lot of back pain, um, going to the, the trainer and they did e-stim and ultrasound and, th- and ice and things like that. And it wasn't getting better. I was still practicing and, and playing in games and mm-hmm. even to the point to where my coach was like, I know you say you can play, but we need, we need to pull you. Like I can mm-hmm. see that you're hurting. And, um, and the trainer said, you know, if this doesn't go away by the end of the week, you need to go have an x-ray. Oh my gosh. Well, then it got better. My pain, the intensity was gone. I didn't really have any problems, honestly. Um, so that was my junior year, I think. Junior or senior year of, of high school. And then mm-hmm. um, fast forward to junior year of college. And I was actually working in a PT clinic. Mm-hmm. And I was a tech there. And I was having some pain. And the therapist there would adjust my SI joint. So like my tailbone and my hip. Mm-hmm. He w- he said that it was that was causing the issue. Um, I ended up having an X-ray, and that's when they found the spondylolisthesis. Um, I was actually at a surgeon's office, no plans of having surgery, but that's just where I had ended up. Mm-hmm. And he told me that one day I would definitely have to have surgery on my spine. Jeez. Oh. Yeah. Um, it was actually to the point to when my boyfriend and now husband and I would go to the movies, I couldn't sit straight the whole movie. It would hurt. I'd have to change positions or I sometimes I'd even get up and just go to the bathroom and come back or, or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really do anything for it at the time. I got more into working out. I started doing more CrossFit style stuff, which I know some PTs hear that and they're like, <gasps> but um, it actually helped me. When I got stronger, I I didn't have the pain. Um, I was able to sit through the movies. I was able to do everything without pain pretty much. Yeah. Um, so I was good then. You know, you're talking about it following through life and then fast forward to having babies. Oh, yeah. And it got bad. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Before yes, you go down yeah, that yeah. road, let's, let's break that down just a bit. Because okay. that's a whole different ballgame with okay. kids with pregnancy and all that stuff. What do you think made it better? Well, you said the strength and the CrossFit, but put on your PT hat for a second. And what do you think helped during that time? So knowing what I know now, I think it was purely the strength aspect. Um you know, my glutes were stronger, my abs were strong. I wasn't ever really overweight, um, so I definitely don't think that that was a factor, but it was the pure strength mm-hmm. using, you know, activating the the big primary movers uh, and, and protectors of the spine. Mm-hmm. I think that's what did it, what helped a lot. So to, to give you the, if you're out there listening with the spondylolisthesis problem, and like I described how the bone is is kind of falling forward in the spine. And you mentioned how when you played volleyball, you would arc your back a lot, which if you think about arcing your back, like where you stick out your butt, where you're, where, where the natural curving your back is accentuated, some people will unintentionally make it more curved to be in the posture they have to be in or do the right. activity they want to do. But it further shoves those bones fo- forward, just getting in that posture. Mm-hmm. So 
you strengthening somehow probably sucked it back in. If not, at least gave it some stability because once it goes forward, it starts to wiggle too much. Right. And I, I forgot to mention that the, the surgeon told me I had a grade two spondylolisthesis, which is pretty significant. Yeah. Uh, another PT looked at it at my clinic and she's like, I don't know if I'd grade that a, a grade two. So hopefully <laughs> it wasn't truly, but um, I mean, it was something that was scary to hear at that time. Oh yeah. Tell me about that. What, what were you scared of? Surgery. For somebody, for me to be so young, I mean, I think I was 20 or 21, and for them to say, you're definitely going to have to have surgery, was, it was scary. Yeah, I didn't want to have to think about that. Gosh, yeah. So when you were dating your husband now, um, was, was it about that age as well? Mm-hmm. Gosh, mm-hmm. that's, that's got to be so tough to deal with. Just can't even sit through a movie and you feel yeah. like you're 50, 60, 70 years yeah, old. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> wow. Okay, so you got better, you started doing CrossFit, you started strengthening, and um, you know it, it sounds like you probably did a good job in CrossFit because you're talking about CrossFit, some people get all worked up, oh, you're going to get hurt, or it's going to make you worse, but it, it sounds like you probably had good form and good technique because uh, truth be told, I, I'm, I like CrossFit as well. Um, for the right person, it's good for the right person done the right way. Right. Absolutely. There's some people that are not genetically built to do crossfit and hang at the intensities and even then like i i don't i I don't go the intensity that is like competitive or or like they might do in a class i i I do what i can and i adjust weights as i need to right i'm not i'm not looking to beat anybody at this point in life i'm just trying to stay fit and healthy and not get hurt yeah exactly (laughs) i think it helped that i knew a little bit about form and and had that mindset Mm. to protect myself Good. I think it's important that we mention that because last thing I want to do is is tell somebody, oh yeah, you have a spinal lysthesis, go to the CrossFit, <laughs> just pick a gym anywhere you want, yeah. do a video online, and it's going to fix your spinal lysthesis. There's a lot more that goes into it than just Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Way more. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So then you started to have kids and then you have two. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about how your spinal lysthesis, the low back problem progressed as pregnancies happened. So... Um, the first pregnancy, I had a lot of SI pain again. Um, so for y'all that are listening, that's your sacroiliac joint, where your tailbone meets your hip bone, basically. Um, I had a lot of instability, which is normal during pregnancy with hormones, joints, and ligaments loosen, all that kind of stuff. But it was painful at times. I was a PT, so I had PT friends that could help me out. You know, and I, I tried different tricks and, and all that. And honestly, it wasn't awful during pregnancy. It was a pain, but I, you know, as that's your, it's not comfortable to be pregnant, (laughs) even without a back problem. The real problem came after, Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously I had gained weight. I was weaker because the stomach muscles stretched out all that, you know, and just being, we talked about the normal arc of your back. As I got bigger, more weight in the front, we tend to arc our back more to compensate, which mm-hmm. just furthers the, the issue that I have. Um, so I dealt with it for a while, got back into working out. I ended up having a, a diastasis recti, so a separation of my abs. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, I would say, mild to moderate, mm-hmm. but certainly affected it. And I, I actually, one year postpartum, went to PT. Mm-hmm. Um, we worked on diastasis, on activating glutes. 
I don't know mm. why, but glutes just want to shut off after you have babies, <laughs> <laughs> at least in my, in my experience. Um, and it got so much better. I got, again, stronger in my core, was activating my glutes, and I felt pretty good. Awesome. So the diastasis recti, there's all these different pronunciations, Mm -hmm. diastasis, diastasis, recti, um, that affects women a lot during pregnancy. Like it's probably more common than is actually diagnosed. If if you're a female out there, you've had some pregnancies, like what, what it typically looks like is like a, how would you, how would you describe it? It's, it's the mommy pooch, if yeah. you will. <laughs> That's how we lovingly refer to it, I think. And I, I've worked with women that have it and it's always confusing for them because they're like, I, I gained weight during pregnancy. Like, is this normal? Is this yeah. expected? Is this the normal pooch that I'm supposed to have? And I'll, I'll have to check it for them. And I tell them, no, this is not the normal, like, love handle pooch. This is, <laughs> yeah. this is a diastasis recti. And it, it just looks different. There's no muscle there. There's no hardness yeah, there. Yeah, I know. It's softer. Yeah. And um, it's right along the middle. And if you think about the six-pack muscles that are on the front of the abs, um, you know, you have pairs of six-pack muscles as you go down. The the line that connects them in the middle is what splits apart and creates the diastasis recti. And some people think that it's like a herniation, like a, mm-hmm. like a hernia. And it, it in a sense, kind of is nothing's popping out and staying out, but it's the, the, there's a tendon there and it's thinned out. And so there's a higher risk for having like an umbilical hernia, like a belly button hernia, um, uh, or, you know, completely separating the muscle. But um, it can come back together uh, to a degree. Mm-hmm. I can't say with confidence that I've seen somebody recover 100%. But I've seen it shrink, which is a huge win in my yeah. opinion. More importantly, if it can, if there's a back pain situation involved or, or some side effect of the diastasis recti, I've seen that improve consistently. Yeah, I agree. So uh, I just wanted to, to give that description about diastasis recti um, in case you're out there dealing with it because it often is related to a spondylolisthesis in my experience. I can only think of one patient actually that I've had, no, two. I can think of two patients that were male that had spondies. All the other ones, dozens, have had, they're, they're all women mm-hmm. who have had children consistently. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyways, going back to your story. So that was after your first birth. You mm-hmm. went to PT. They they helped you out. Mm-hmm. They were helping you out with the diastasis recti, your SI joint instability issue as well. Um, then you had your second. How did the how did the spondylolisthesis behave during that time? Um, I'd say during pregnancy it was about the same as far as bothersome. It, there would be days that it was tough. Actually, I'm lying to you. It was worse. I had to wear an SI belt. I totally mm-hmm. forgot about this. Um, yeah. So I had to wear a support belt basically um, to help with my SI and help support my belly, take some of the weight off the joints. Mm-hmm. So it was worse. <laughs> um, and then it was definitely harder afterwards. Um, I wasn't, I didn't go back to work right away after the second. So Mm -hmm. I didn't have my PT friends to help put me, (laughs) help me out whenever my SI was bothering me. To be honest, I didn't really do anything. I did some of the stuff that I knew what to do, but it was harder with two. It was harder to, to figure out and make the time to, to do what I needed to do to, to fix it. Um, 
until I came here, honestly. I was doing what I thought was right and not avoiding a lot of certain exercises because my diastasis was way worse the second time around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Dr. David actually has been helping me with things and and I'm I'm feeling some improvement. Great. Now, yeah. Yeah, and you're just starting out. It's it's early on. You're and it takes a while. I think that's a, an important thing to to note yeah. is it it can take a significant amount of time for a diastasis recti to to heal. And I don't know that you're ever going to be like done mm-hmm. managing it. it. I think it's kind of something you just kind of keep managing as time goes on and make sure it doesn't get any worse. Right. I agree. I think it's something that's going to take attention for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but how has that affected the spondylolisthesis? Like, cause I know you were having back pain. Yeah. What do you think, since since you've been managing the diastasis recti, has that helped out your back pain? Absolutely, yes. Um, as I've gotten stronger in my core and I'm activating glutes more, those are things that I'm definitely focusing on every day. Mm-hmm. Um, the back pain itself has improved significantly. There are still days where I mean I'm holding a year and a half year old on my on my hip and trying to cook dinner or whatever and he's heavy so you know things like that still are bothersome but now I know postures that are better to be in and it'll relieve the pain immediately if I can get into that posture mm-hmm. yeah that's incredible how you just fire the right muscles yeah it just makes the bones behave better mm-hmm. positions everything better and uh, the trick is holding it and getting the muscle yeah. strong enough to hold it while you're holding babies and doing dinner and and just having the endurance like if i can only do it for a little bit yeah so but it's certainly helping great yeah great when uh, i think a cool thing and the reason why this whole talk was it it, it's moved from it was spondylolisthesis but we hung out on diastasis recti for a while because the abdominals are such a big factor in stabilizing the, the lower back the lumbar spine so whenever we fire the right abdominal muscles, it will yank the lumbar spine into the position that it should be. And that that doesn't just happen easily or quickly. Like here in the clinic, we're dealing with this problem all the time. We're trying to get people to fire their abdominal muscles. And it's a process. Right. Even, you know, doing one exercise that you find online or that even if you learned it in PT, here in the clinic, we're refining that exercise over two, three, four visits sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then adapting it to other more everyday activities like cooking, holding the kids, exercising. Right. Um, Cause it, like you exercise now, you lift weights. I know you're, you're doing, you're, you got your home gym. Um, uh, have you found that you've had to change the way that you do your exercises at, uh, in the gym? Definitely. Um, I've changed the way I do deadlifts, changed the way that I'm squatting. Um, I've definitely changed how I'm running too. Just, I feel like I never used to have to think about activating my my abs or my glutes, and now I have to think about it all the time. And I've had to drop the weights to to make sh- drop the the weight itself, so it's not so heavy, uh-huh. to be able to activate the proper muscles to protect myself and to ultimately make me stronger. Mm-hmm. That's I'm glad that you said that because going back to the CrossFit discussion, like they depending on the coach and the gym that you go to, sometimes they'll push you to do a certain weight, Mm -hmm. not really taking into account how strong you really are or how prepared you are to to do that 
volume of work in that workout, you know, that many reps. Yeah, if you can keep the form for that many reps. Yeah, and that's the thing. And, and if you go to a CrossFit gym or if you do any workout, if you're doing a, you know, like a P90X type thing as well, it doesn't have to be CrossFit necessarily. But if you do any sort of workout and you're um, trying to just finish it, without considering the form just to kind of get through it that is a bad situation mm -hmm. and having for some of us probably like me i don't know about you but the, the humility to say i better take some of those plates off and reduce the weight so that i can do it right i might even need to just do the bar yeah no for sure i i feel the same way it was it was hard it was a humbling thing to to try to do but yeah. for the greater good yeah and you'll get back to it you'll pick up the yeah. weights but now with good form protecting your back now you felt a like a bump in your back. Mm -hmm. Have is it painful when you touch it? No, sometimes it's sore around it, I guess, but it's not painful all the time. Is it painful when your back hurts? Is that where it's painful? No, not for me. Was it before, like when you were at the movies with your boyfriend? Yes. Yeah. Leading up, like when you first had this issue, because mm -hmm. my suspicion with you now is is you've learned how to stabilize the spondylolisthesis. Now you're dealing with secondary effects like the SI joint problem, the, the sacroiliac joint problem, uh, making sure that you're using your abs in different scenarios. So it's not really it's, it's managed, is what I'm thinking in, in your case right now. You've managed the, the spondylolisthesis. Now it's just getting stronger in your current setup. I, I agree with that, yeah. I don't have really any back pain anymore. It's more SI pain, mm -hmm. the secondary issues. Cool, that's that's so good to hear. Cause that's, that's not a shift. That's not like a potential surgical situation. Yeah. That's something that can be managed, especially with physical therapy like we do here. For sure, yeah. Cool. Well, what would you say to somebody who thinks they might have a spondylolisthesis problem, maybe they haven't gone to the doctor yet, um, haven't had it diagnosed, what, what would you advise them to do, especially if they're younger, like in their 20s or even earlier than that? I would say definitely there are things that the right therapist can help you to get better and to be able to do the things that you want. I mean, if I... I mean, I went on to do CrossFit and lift and have babies. And I even had a, a PT school professor tell me, Sam, you need to be careful. If you ever want to have kids, you better be as strong as an ox before, because otherwise it's going to get worse and you're going to have to have surgery. And so that's scary. Like here's somebody that I look up to telling me like, I don't know. Um, so don't, you don't, that doesn't have to be the case. I think if you can find a good manual therapist to help manage you, move the, the joints that need to be moved, teach you the proper exercises to stabilize. It You can manage it 100%. You do not have to have surgery. Great. And what would you say has been the most challenging part of managing it right now? Right now? Mm -hmm putting it as a priority. I mean, I'm working pretty much full time, two kids. And so I, I have to carve out, I wake up early and I do my set of my ab exercises. I do my glutes. Every time I, I do any exercise, I'm doing them to activate those muscles, mm -hmm. but I have to wake up. I have to set aside the time to make sure it gets done because I have found that I feel so much better mm -hmm. 
if I can do them as I'm getting stronger. And I'm only going to get stronger if I do the exercises. How much time does it take you in the morning to do? 30 minutes. It's, I mean, that's doing extra stuff. I mean, I can knock out like the workout that I want to do and depending on if I run, but mm -hmm. it doesn't take that much time, especially if you incorporate the right, if you're activating the right muscles with the exercises that you're already wanting to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess what I'm getting at is because you work out, you work out how many times a day more or less or, or how many times a week? Six, six days. So that's, that's, I'd say on the higher end of what most people do. Um, but let's say you're out there and you're thinking, I don't work out. Maybe I work out once a week or once every couple of weeks. Um, if they were, if, if it was somebody in that situation, they're looking at how do they manage their spondylolisthesis, potentially a diastasis recti problem. How much time do you think you could whittle it down to if you were working out once a week or once every two weeks? So how much time would it take to specifically work on those exercises? Mm -hmm. To manage a spondylolisthesis problem? 10 minutes. So 10 minutes a day? Yeah. Oh. I, th I think that's very reasonable mm -hmm. to prevent a surgery and make sure that it gets stronger and yeah. be able to sit through a movie. Oh my gosh, yes. Lie in bed at night without your back bothering you. Yeah, not waking up with pain. Absolutely. Yeah. Huge, 10 huge minutes benefit. is nothing, yeah. So that, that's just what I wanted to get at because yeah. you're you're a fit person. You work out six times a week or six times a week, and you're lifting weights. So it's it's a it's a different scenario. I know you, but I, I, there's other people I know out there that are that maybe haven't worked out that consistently because of their back problem. Yeah, or other things for sure. in life. Um, but I I just want to make sure that it's clear that it doesn't have to be like a thirty minute no. workout just for the spondylolisthesis six days a yeah, week. Yeah, no, definitely not. Sorry. <laughs> no, we, I mean, I think I see patients in here and they spend 10 minutes, maybe 20 minutes because they really are trying to do their exercises all throughout the day. They pop them in here and there, but then yeah. they get better. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks so much for sharing. I hope that this was helpful information for everybody. Any other closing thoughts before we start wrapping this up? I just think that, um, for everybody, it's important just because you go to a, a physician and get a diagnosis and they tell you you're going to have to have surgery one day or, or this or that, that's not always the case. Get a second opinion always before because if I had just listened to that first doctor, you know, when I was 20 years old, I would be in a much different place now mm -hmm. than, than I am. So just do your research, find a good PT, get a second opinion. Yeah. I agree hundred percent. It's, it's so worth it. I've yeah. unfortunately seen a lot of patients that have had a surgery and I haven't thought I'd ask them because I don't feel like it's right, but I've, I wonder if they ever got a second opinion or if they just listened to that first surgeon that told them they should get a surgery. Yeah. And I'm seeing them because they're still having a problem. That's why they found me. And, um, I know that the root problem was never fixed and I, I, I can't undo the surgery. Nobody can. Right. But I always question, could they have avoided it completely? Yeah. Had they done the right things before, but you don't know if you're doing the right things unless you poke around and ask and, and even as, as mean as it may be, tell the surgeon, I'm going to go talk to somebody else about this. Yeah. I mean, you have to <laughs> advocate for yourself. Yeah. You have to. So, yeah. yeah. Don't be afraid to do that. And honestly, most physicians and surgeons will probably be okay with it. Oh, yeah. I would think so. Mm -hmm. They should be. Yeah. Well, great. Thanks so much. 
appreciate you being on here. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Um, if you think that you have a, spon a, a lower back pain problem related to a spondylolisthesis, I know it's a mouthful, um, and it's okay if you mispronounce it. Um, or if you've got a diastasis recti problem, um, you can um, go on our website. There's tons of blog re uh, resources uh, about how to, what exercises to do, um, how how to brace for a uh, diastasis recti problem because there's there's some bracing for that that needs to be done in some cases. Um, if you've got questions of us, you can always contact us. Um, if you're in the El Paso area and you want to get uh, you you want to learn more about what it's like to get treatment with us for a lower back problem from spondylolisthesis or for a, a diastasis recti problem, um, you can call us at 915-503-1314. You can also just go to our website and um, hit the inquire about cost and availability button. It's a cost and availability button on the top of the website and uh, leave us your details there and we'll reach out to you as fast as possible. Um, we're specialists in handling this type of problem without surgery. so. If we can at least just talk about it, that, that's always a great starting point. If, it, if we need to be a second opinion for you, um, or if you just want to learn more, um, you, can, you can always reach out and talk to us about that. We're open to uh, discuss. I hope that this podcast was helpful for you. Thank you so much for listening to the Stay Healthy El Paso podcast. Have a wonderful day, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Stay Healthy El Paso podcast, brought to you by El Paso Manual Physical Therapy where we help El Pasoans get away from taking pain medications, avoid getting injections, avoid surgery, and keeping up an active lifestyle. If you'd like to learn more about what El Paso Manual Physical Therapy can do for you, call 915-503-1314 or visit our website at epmanualphysicaltherapy.com. Mention this podcast for a free discovery visit valued at $100. If you enjoyed what you've heard, Please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and follow the show on your favorite listening platform so you won't miss an upcoming episode. Tune in next time to get the best health tips from experts in the El Paso area.